Welcome to the New Hope Podcast. Our mission at New Hope is to engage our city with the love of Jesus, one relationship at a time. We pray this message encourages you in encountering God's love and displaying it to your city. We hope to see you soon. All right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. While you're doing that, just want to say, glad you made it here. No problems. Well, safety problems. You probably like, there are plenty of problems. Parking being one of those problems. Absolutely. Um, and so, but thank you for coming out and worshiping with with us. Um, you know, as a leadership team, as we were watching the snow happen yesterday, um, you know, there's the concern, obviously our number one concern on whether we gather or not as it relates to weather, it's just the safety of you traveling. And so once we, that's why we waited to make the call till about lunch today and made the call that we're going to continue to worship in person because we felt like, although parking will be a nuisance, we felt like you could get here safely. And just want, I'm saying that to say, your safety is a concern of ours, and even with deciding to, hey, let's meet in person, we feel like we can be careful and do that. Just want you to know that continue to pray for your safety. That's been one of our biggest prayers this weekend, is that we are able to gather uh, safely despite the snow. I do hope that you enjoyed the snow um, or stayed warm or completely out of the snow, however you enjoy it, whether you're in it, whether you're out of it, whatever is your cup of tea when it comes to snow, I hope you were able to do that yesterday. Now, Exodus chapter 20, we're continuing in our Ten Commandments series. Um, we've looked at the first three commandments, and as we turn to the commandment number four, I haven't really unpacked this uh, in much detail. Uh, I may have kind of mentioned it, but I want to just take a moment. If you look at the Ten Commandments, there's ten of them, um, and the first four and the second six are kind of like part one, part two. It's not an equal five and five. It's four and six. Uh, the first four are focused on our relationship to God. They're commandments on how we are to relate to Him. And the commandments uh, 5 through 10, those six commandments, deal with our relationship and how we relate to others. And so there's, they're intentionally kind of broken up that way, or at least there's a clear break. Um, and so this is the last of the commandments we'll look at as how it relates specifically on how we relate to God. Now, we're going to see, especially, for example, when we get to uh, commandment number 10, but with all of them, um, how we relate to God is going to greatly affect how we relate to others. So, just for example, do not covet your neighbor's things, meaning uh, do not want things in, a, in an unhealthy way. Well, that is likely to happen because we have an idol in our heart that deals with maybe that possession. And so, all of the commandments, even the ones that are specific to how we relate to others, will still come all the way back to specifically how we relate to God, our view of God, our relationship to God is going to affect others. We see this summarized um, in the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the commandments, Jesus says all the law and the prophets, specifically even the Ten Commandments, can be summed up in that. Love God first and above all and love your neighbor as yourself. This is essentially, it, I mean, the, the summary of the Ten Commandments. But as we come to the fourth commandment, um, it is remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So Exodus chapter 20, we'll read verses 8 through 11. If you're there with me, simply say amen. Amen. Exodus 20 verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. 
Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." Main point of today's sermon is simply the commandment. Remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. Two truths that we'll unpack. The first is simply this. The principle of the rest, we'll look at the principle, which is, excuse me, let me back up. The principle behind this commandment is, truth number one, a principle of rest. Truth number two, we'll see that this commandment teaches us a prioritization on worship. So first, principle of rest, then we'll see from this commandment the priority of worship. So first, principle of rest. When we look at this commandment, even as it is specifically in this text, but, spe- but more generally as it is laid out throughout Jewish custom in the Old Testament, there are 39 oral traditions within Jewish custom of what it spe- this commandment specifically means. So, for example, one of those oral traditions says that you, if you were to go on a journey on the Sabbath day, you're allowed to take 3,000 steps. But if you take 3,001, it's now considered work. And so that's an oral tradition that would begin to define. We see um, with Jesus that some of those oral traditions played out. You cannot roll up your mat. Jesus does a healing. He tells the man to get up and grab his mat. What was the problem? He picked up his mat. That was considered work. And they had all these different rules about what is work and what is not work. And not to be disrespectful of even our uh, Jewish uh, friends around us, but there was a, a member of our church who was telling us, who was telling me a story. One time he was out running, probably training for God Squad, some type of race or something. Where's Brian? Can I get a woo whoop or something? Oh, he's downstairs. He's not even here in the shout out. All right. But this member was probably out running, training, and he ran past uh, a synagogue on a Saturday and they asked him to come in and turn the light switch on because the room full of people, that was considered work. Now, once again, my goal is not to make fun or be disrespectful, but the point is, if the commandment is not to do work, then this really hinges on what do we define as work, and how do we understand that is going to greatly help us understand, not only from an Old Testament perspective, but then from a New Testament perspective of what is what does it mean to be faithful to this commandment, to remember the Sabbath day, and to keep it holy. And the answer I want to give you is that the, when it comes to work and the commandment behind the work, it's teaching us a principle of rest. And I'll even go ahead and just say within the New Testament, because Jesus says, I am the Sabbath, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, I am your rest, that he even, we see him and the New Testament change even how they handle some of the legalistic behind the Sabbath, that I would go this far to even say this, that The Sabbath, as it pertains to work, is a principle of rest that is descriptive and not prescriptive. Descriptive, not prescriptive. Meaning that when we talk about the application of the Sabbath, that I don't believe it is, we are faithful to our full understanding of the Sabbath to say, well, 
What the Sabbath means is that you can only walk 3,000 steps, and now if you walk 3,001, you're, you're, you're breaking the Sabbath, which within that oral tradition, they had a roundabout way that if you ate a meal within those 3,000 steps, you could start your steps over. Now, let's talk about this is pre-Garmin and pre-other things. Who's counting these steps? And that alone's probably work. And so if we're having to work around the workaround to in order not to work, then we're missing the principle behind this uh, commandment, which is the reality that you and I need rest. Now, when God, the, the, what is the foundation that the argument comes to? It comes down to a foundation that God created in six days, and then he rested. Now, we understand that God is a God who is omnipotent, meaning that he is all-powerful. He is never more powerful or less powerful at any point in time because he has all power, meaning he cannot be drained of power. He cannot be drained of energy. Therefore, he rested not because he needed rest, but he rested in order to teach us something, in order to give us the example of rest. Why? Because you and I are created in God's image, and part of being created in God's image is that what he has in complete fullness, we have in part. He has complete energy. He has complete power. You and I have that in part, meaning God serves. He never depletes his energy. You and I serve. You and I do things. We do deplete our energy, and there comes a moment where we need rest. When we begin to think about rest, and as far as the principle of the Sabbath and the principle of rest being descriptive, not prescriptive, then I, I want to I go out and even on a limb and say this, that I don't think the Sabbath is strictly confined to the seventh day of the week anymore. Part of it being descriptive versus prescriptive. Uh, we even see this in the New Testament. You and I are worshiping on the first day of the week, not the seventh day of the week. You and I in the Christian faith treat Sunday more as our Sabbath, especially when we understand truth number two. You'll understand that more. But we do that because uh, the Jewish, uh, uh, first century Jewish Christians recognized that two major things happened on Sunday, therefore they gathered on Sunday. First was that Jesus was resurrected. Jesus was resurrected on Sunday. They gathered on Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Every Sunday was Easter Sunday in that sense, which is why we worship on Sunday. But the second major thing is that the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost, happened on a Sunday. And so we see the, these major moments in church history where the church, still honoring the Sabbath, even began to worship on a Sunday and keep that as often their Sabbath day. And so once again... Descriptive, not prescriptive, I think we have freedom. So specifically as a principle of rest, what is the Sabbath? How do we honor the Sabbath? Part of that is recognizing that you and I need rest in our lives. We've talked about this before. But you and I need rest in our lives. See, what happens the moment we rest, we're admitting that we are not omnipotent. We're admitting that we need rest. And oftentimes when we rest, we're having to trust God. So two things as we think about the commandment. First, this commandment implies that we often worship our work. This is not a commandment that is dealing with people who are lazy. You and I and the New Hopers I know are not lazy people. Our problem isn't laziness. Our problem often can be is that we can turn our work into worship. We can worship our work, and we can work and work and work, and we got to work seven days and on and on because that's what we got to do to get ahead, especially in New York City. New York City is a competitive place, whether it's specific in your career, whether it's specific because it's just expensive, and so you got to work a lot, and we work and we work and we work. 
and we can turn our work into worship. Well, this commandment is challenging us to admit we need rest, to slow down, and to trust God in that rest. To trust God in that rest. Take a moment and go, I'm not going to work today. I'm going to take a moment and slow down because I trust that God will take care of me. God will take care of my needs. It's a, it is an act of worship to slow down and rest. This commandment implies that we often work too much and that we need to slow down. And it, often, and it also implies and calls us to trust in God's provision in our lives. You and I, when we think about the principle of rest and the need for rest, uh, we, we must admit that we need to slow down. Give an illustration uh, to uh, imagine you've got uh, two guys who are in an axe wood chopping competition. And they, act, I mean, they sit there and for all day. The, really, the competition is real simple. You're going to chop. At the end of the day, whoever has chopped down the most trees win. It's really that simple. So go, go at it. Well, two guys are going at it, and one particular guy just chops and chops and chops and never stops, never stops, just chops away. And the other guy, on the other hand, um, he takes breaks. And so the guy who's not taking breaks is going, hey, man, I, I, he's breaking. I'm not breaking. I'm going to win. Well, it turns out the guy who took breaks won. And he, was, he didn't fully understand this. And so he's like, hey, I've been working all day. You've been taking breaks. How is it um, that you won? And the gentleman who took breaks simply re- responded with a truth that I think is challenging for us. He said, you saw me taking breaks, but what you didn't see is while I was taking breaks, I was sharpening my axe. It's this principle that rest in that moment, I believe that God does something. It's not just the absence of progression, but God is reviving in us rest because it's strengthening us and it's giving us what we need, whether it be physical, whether it be mental, whether it be emotional, whether it be spiritual, because we are complete human beings that we need those things. We need that rejuvenation in all these different ways. And so when we rest, we're not doing nothing. We're actually intentionally doing something to honor God, to trust in Him. And I believe if we prioritize and work out at rest intentional, like the guy who sharpened the axe, then God can do an important thing in our life. So when it comes to remember the day, the Sabbath day, and to keep it holy, First, truth number one is there is a principle of rest that you and I just need to come face to face with. It's a principle of rest. Second, there's a priority of worship, a priority of worship. I want you to think about Adam. I want you to think about Adam on day six. On Adam on day six, we see um, that God created Adam on day six, and Adam is uh, created, and God breathed life into him, and God gives him a commandment to go and work. Yes, that was the commandment, to go and work, bear the image of God, be fruitful, multiply, uh, take control of everything, and go work. What was Adam's first day? Day seven. On day seven, God said, stop. Now, Adam was just breathed life into, and if I'm Adam and God gives me a a call to, to, to work and to go, then why would the first day be to do nothing? See, one of the things that we often miss when it comes to the Sabbath in the fact that in God's created order that he made it seventh, we often think about rest as something we eventually get to. But instead, for Adam, who this commandment is for, rest was the first thing he did, and worship was the goal of that rest. 
I want you to see this. Remember the Sabbath day. Sabbath literally means to rest, to slow down, to not do anything, and to keep it holy. See, when it comes to Sabbath, Sabbath isn't commanding us just to rest. It's commanding us to do something else during that time as well. It's commanding us to prioritize worship. For Adam, his very first day was a day of rest and worship. And listen to this. He didn't work, um, or excuse me, he didn't rest after his work, but he rested first, and his work came out of that rest and of that worship of God. See, we often think about the Sabbath as the end of the week because it is that um, for God and His order. But from Adam's perspective, which is how this is applied to you and I, worship is first. See, I think um, when we begin to think about Sabbath and we begin to think about all the teachings on Sabbath, there are definitely those, there are teachings that take a more prescriptive stance, a little more legalistic stance, and say these are the rules around the Sabbath. You can turn light switches on and off. You can do this. You can do that. But even with Christianity, it may not be that legalistic, but there's a, there's a strong prescription. You have to do this. 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 And I do believe that uh, there's a principle that is more descriptive than prescriptive, but I think sometimes we've gone too far to the other end and go, look, if Jesus is our Sabbath, then this commandment just simply means to love Jesus and rest in Jesus, but gives me no application to actually how I treat my week today. And I think that would be a misunderstanding of this text as well. I think this end, super prescriptive, where there's a lot of rules and regulations, we just don't see that in the New Testament. That's not how the New Testament Christians, that's not how Jesus even treats the Sabbath. But if we go to the other end and go, well, it's just something that really applied to the Old Testament Jews, and all it means for me today is that my rest is in Jesus. Now listen to me, your rest is in Jesus, and this is a beautiful gospel truth. But I think that's going too far also. And I think a lot of times we find ourselves more on this side than on this side. I, I could be wrong. I don't know everybody's understanding. But in my conversations and in a lot of times in my life as I've pastored, I've found people here who just see the Sabbath actual day within the week as no application in their lives. And, and I want to say that I, I think that's just not true. And I think as we get to truth number two, the priority of worship, this is the truth that I think we need to hear greatest. I know I do need to hear greatest as it comes to how I treat specifically Sunday. Now, I find rest oftentimes more on Monday than I do on Sunday. So a lot of times the principle of rest and finding that rest to be rejuvenated is often happening on Monday. But when it comes to prioritizing worship, which is a challenge within the Sabbath to set one day apart from your work, to rest from your work, and to give that day in praise and worship unto God, that for us within the Christian faith, or at least specifically with us at New Hope, we have set aside Sunday for that act of worship the priority of worship. That, and, and, here, and, here's, and here's where it just immediately hits home and applies. As I said, a lot of us, I think, are over here on this side where we just take it too loosely. Here's the challenge. And, and I've mentioned this somewhat in brief, but here's just a pastoral moment that I've been processing for months. Well, really been processing ever since we've started meeting back since COVID. Um, one of the things uh, since meeting back with COVID, I've given this statistic before, and, and granted, we haven't updated it in 2022, so this may not be accurate over since the last month, but through 2021, 80% of our members, 80% of our regular attendees came to Sunday less than 50% of the time. 
80% of our people came to Sunday worship less than 50% of the time. Now, let me tell you why I'm not bringing that up. I'm not bringing that up because I care about numbers and attendance and the numbers matter. I, I really don't care about numbers and attendance. But what I am concerned about is if we are missing and not gathering within the body of Christ that little or not as much more than that, then my concern is we're not prioritizing that worship. And it's not prioritizing worship because you need to be here in a legalistic. I'm not over here being super prescriptive, but I am giving a challenge to say that our God deserves, He deserves for us to set apart our entire lives unto Him. Romans 12, I appeal to you therefore by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So understand that our whole life is an act of worship, but he also deserves and a moment where we set aside and go, hey, no matter what else what goes on, I'm prioritizing this time for worship with my local church body to praise and honor God. It's one of the reasons why our strategy, our discipleship pathway, uh, we say that we read and pray daily and we gather weekly. Because we believe this commandment is giving us a challenge to prioritize worship, to prioritize the gathering of worship. And so as this has been, I've been processing this over really over the last six months, over the last year, my challenge to you, um, church family, is prioritize the gathering of the body of Christ. Prioritize worship. And not in a super legalistic way, but because you want to come and worship God. That it's not, and listen to me, don't, don't, um, don't, here's, here's how not to think about it. Don't go, well, I don't really have anything else going on today, so I'll go worship with, the, with my church family. No, but I do have something going on. I really need to do this, 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 and this. Therefore, since I have those things, then I'll, I won't come worship. And I just want, the challenge is, hey, how can we prioritize this? Now, that is not to say that if you miss, that you're not being fully faithful to this. That we're talking about a habit in our lives. We're going to miss. But no matter what, can we work on going, hey, we, we feel that to honor the Sabbath and to keep it holy is that we are prioritizing gathering with the body of Christ to worship God. It is first. And we will do our best to protect that time in that worship because it is a way to honor Him. When we say no to other things to, in order to prioritize worship, we're saying yes to God. Uh, I want to give some examples to this. And, and uh, I remember, um, that, well, I'll give an interpretation of these examples. I remember as a kid, I didn't like what I'm about to tell you. Then as a young adult going, I think my parents were too legalistic. And now as I get a little bit older, I realize, no, I, I really think they were right on. So let me give the examples. Um, part of what this meant for my family is I don't think my parents were too legalistic with Sunday, um, but I grew up playing sports, and specifically I grew up playing baseball. Well, um, I don't know what baseball schedules were like in, up here in the Northeast, but in the South, you would play tournaments. on If you played competitive baseball, you played tournaments. You'd have games on Friday night and Saturday, and depending on how you did on those games, you would go into Sunday into tournament play. Uh, specifically win-loss elimination type games. Well, my parents would not let me play on Sunday if I had not been to worship that Sunday morning. If I had not gone to church that Sunday morning, they would not let me play. Now, again, as a kid, I thought this is, I didn't like this, right? As a kid, I thought my kids, my parents, I just didn't like it because I wasn't prioritized. I just cared about baseball, right? Um, Understandable. I was a kid. 
as a young adult, I remember thinking they were just too legalistic because the principle says that as long as I worship God, it doesn't really matter. But now I look at it and go, I am so grateful that my parents ingrained in me that worshiping God is way more important than baseball. I'm just grateful for that. And I remember as a kid going, I, I, this, well, I'll just be honest, like this, this stinks. And I miss games. I miss games, especially games that were out of town. I miss games, and that was just what it was. My parents understood it. I remember um, recently my kids were doing taekwondo, and for the first time as a parent, I was faced with this reality. My, one of our sons, I think it was Sam, uh, his promotion to his next belt was on a Sunday, and it was during our worship time. Now, let me back up and go. I, I'm still on board with my parents and going, I, I don't think, I think it would have been a too legalistic to go, well, Sunday's the Sabbath. You can't do anything but worship on the Sabbath, on Sunday. I think that, I personally think that's a little too, uh, I don't know that Scripture necessarily calls us to that. But I do think it's a faithful balance to go, you have to prioritize worship amongst those other things. And so our son was uh, promoting on Sunday, and for the first time, I had to really have that gut check moment of going, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, it, it happens like once or twice a year, right? Just once or twice a year. But I remember that I, it is ingrained in me because of how my parents taught me this truth and how it has affected me as an adult that, I, that we just, we told our son and we told uh, his Taekwondo master, we said, we're sorry, but can he promote on another day? Like we, we just, he knows I'm a pastor and it gave me an opportunity to share why and that we want to honor the Lord and worship him. And that for us, we, if we could do it earlier in the morning, maybe, but we just got to set this time apart. And of course he said, no problem uh, because we have to pay every time we promote and he wanted the money. So he was like, yeah, do it on Monday. No big deal. Right. But it was that moment of going, Hey, what is, what does prioritizing worship mean for me and my family? And I just want to encourage you that I'm not saying you can't ever do anything else on Sunday. And I'm not saying you can't ever miss worship. I mean, when I go on vacation, sometimes I find a local church and I go and worship with them because I want to. And sometimes I just go, no, I'm going to rest and worship Jesus with my headphones and my Bible. And I'm okay with that too. So I'm not saying you can't ever miss. But what I am saying is it's a question of priority. It's a question of priority. And I, and not... And, and, and I feel like I've, I'm keep giving caveats to what I'm saying because my fear is you're going to hear this in a legalistic, condemning, and guilty, shameful way. And I, I've been, I prayed specifically that that wouldn't happen. I prayed specifically that you would not hear me uh, bringing condemnation in this sermon, but me hear me say that I just really believe this is what the text is challenging us to do, to prioritize worship and want to call us to faithfulness to that because it's what God deserves and it's because it's what we need. And this is where I'll begin to wrap it up. We've been singing these specific songs about in the presence of God. And God, we need your spirit to speak. See, what happens is when we come and worship, not only is he getting the praise that he deserves on a weekly basis, we're prioritizing that time where we go, no, nothing's getting in the way. It can wait, but I'm going to worship. I'm going to spend that time with God, and he's going to get the praise. But we also believe with everything in me that it's in those moments of worship that the spirit moves in our hearts and our lives, and you and I need that. I gave the example of sharpening of the axe. When you and I take the Sabbath, we slow down, we rest, and we prioritize worship, the Holy Spirit is sharpening our lives. You understand the illustration? 
that you and I need these moments of worship. We need these moments for His presence to encourage us, to fill us. We need these moments to celebrate and joy. We need these moments to, to cry and grieve and lament moments that, because maybe our week's just been really difficult. You need the Sabbath. If there's a takeaway here, you need the Sabbath for rest and for what the Spirit of God does in our hearts when we prioritize that time of worship. We need it. We absolutely need it. I want to end by reminding of a truth that I've alluded to. Jesus says that He is the Lord of the Sabbath. And I mentioned it early. He says, Come to me, all who are uh, weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is telling us that He is our eternal rest. That it's in Him that we find the rest we need in our lives, but the rest we need for eternity. That He is what we need. He is our everything. So church family, I want to challenge you with two things as Charles begins to make his way up. First is, have you ever turned to the Lord and rested in Him? Meaning, have you ever just put your faith in Him and go, God, I need you. I just need you. Surrender my life to you. I trust you. I need you. And second, for those in here who've gone, you know what? I have put my faith in Jesus, and I follow him as my Lord and Savior, not in a legalistic way because the pastor's going to be mad at me if I don't or any of those things, but in a real honest way. How might you prioritize worship on a weekly basis in your life? How might you go, you know what? I really can do that thing later. I can do that on Monday, or I can do that on Saturday, or whatever. But I'm going to protect and prioritize this time because Jesus deserves that time from me, and because I need the Spirit of God to move in my life. I need that. We need not only that time with the Spirit, but we need the encouragement and the love that comes from one another. We need the fellowship that comes with that. And so those are the challenges. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? We're going to spend some time just responding and worshiping. And, and I ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just so you can focus, take a moment and focus on him. And, and Charles is going to lead us in a song of worship. And during this response song, it's, it's for you to respond how you need to. If you want to stand and sing, you can do that. You can stay seated. You can journal. But it takes you, it, it's just giving you a moment to respond to what maybe that you feel like the Lord's speaking to you directly? What are some ways maybe that you can rest? What are some healthy rhythms of rest that you can have in your life? What are some moments where you can say no to something so you can say yes to rest? Maybe you need to create more margin in your schedule to rejuvenate yourself emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, in ways. The Sabbath is teaching us a principle of rest. It's also teaching us a priority of worship. So how might you, maybe during this time, respond, ask the question to the Spirit of God, say, Spirit of God, show me how I can prioritize worship more in my life. And listen to what He says. Maybe jot some thoughts down. And then walk out those thoughts. So Jesus, I pray over this church family. I'm so grateful for them. I'm grateful that you teach us the need for rest and that you challenge us to do that because that's what we need. 
thank you for teaching me the priority of worshiping you. Because truthfully, there's nothing more important in my life than worshiping you. And when I really understand that and believe that, it's pretty easy to prioritize time with you. And so I pray that you just help us change our hearts and help us protect that time and prioritize that time of worship to you. We love you. We praise you. Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, would you move in our midst even now? Would you encourage our hearts? Would you fill our hearts with your grace and your mercy? Pray all this in Jesus' name. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. You can email us at info at newhopeny.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for those outlets is newhopenyc. Our website is newhopeny.org. If you are in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 164-2 Gothels Avenue in Jamaica, Queens. We're praying for you and we hope to see you soon.